PS88 Podcast. Welcome everyone to our uh, new episode podcast here at PS88. Um, I'd like to uh, thank everyone for listening and um, also to introduce someone here. Um, I'm going to let them present themselves as to who they are, what they do, and what school they're in. So if you can, please. Hi, my name is Iris Vargas Pagan, and I am the school social worker, bilingual school social worker at PS88. Um, yeah, so welcome to our school, because you just started this year, correct? Yes, that's oh, correct. All right, so um, there are different types of social workers, Ms. Pagan. Can you tell me how your position is different than the other types of social workers and give a description of the other ones, whatever they are? So yes, there are different types of social workers um, here in the Department of Education as well as outside of the DOE. Um, the social work field is very broad. Um, my position is a school-based support team social worker, so I basically work for the assessment team um, with the school psychologist. So we do the evaluations for special education um, services. Now the DOE does have other social workers like social emotional social workers, um, social workers that work with students in temporary housing. Um, some high school has mental health social workers. So you know it depends. There's a whole group of different social workers. That's that's interesting. So when you say you're evaluating, what are you evaluating with um, your staff member? Is it? specific things that, they, that they're being evaluated for, or is it um, identifying certain things that the school is concerned about, or the parent is concerned about, or is it a combination? I, well, it's a combination. It's um, sometimes the evaluations, the requests for evaluations come from parents that are concerned about their student, you know, about their child having um, some difficulties academically or behaviorally, um, and sometimes it's the teachers or administration that requests an evaluation. So, you know, as a social worker, I meet with parents, um, explain the whole evaluation process, um, and collect social history information. I also do classroom observations to see how the students are interacting with, um, you know, with their classmates and how they're learning. And I also attend the IEP meetings where all the evaluations are discussed and we make recommendations. Great. So um, are there any parts of your job that would surprise or have others say, I didn't know that about your position, or have you already explained that already? Um, I guess it depends. A lot of people, a lot of people see social workers more as caseworkers or like, um, you know, social workers that work like for the welfare office or something like that, but social work is so broad and we do so many different things. Um, so it depends. Like for example, um, I'm a school social worker, but I all, I'm also a psychotherapist. And I think that that surprises people when they hear that because people think of a psychotherapist as a psychologist. And the reality is that many psychotherapists are actually licensed social workers. Like I'm a licensed clinical social worker. So I think that that's, that's a surprise right. for, some, for some people. Right. So um, you are a bilingual social worker, correct? Yes. So are there uh, some extra tasks that you have to complete in order to become a bilingual social worker? Because I, I know there might be, but I'm not sure. Uh, yes. Um, to become a bilingual, a certified bilingual social worker, you have to apply for a separate certification um, through the state, the New York State um, Department of Education. You have to take a test. 
um, and also take some bilingual classes. Once all of that is completed, then you can get certified and become a certified bilingual social worker. Now, if I'm correct, Ms. Pagan, do you have to renew your certification after a certain time, or is it a permanent certification? So initially, it's provisional, and after two years of working for the Department of Education under that certification, then um, you can apply for the permanent. Oh, and, yeah. that's good to know, especially for people who might be interested in social worker career. Yes. Um, so let me get, start slowly weaning into the personal side of your career. Uh, how is being a bilingual professional beneficial to you or maybe to your community? Um, I think it's very beneficial. Um, actually, I, I wouldn't have this position if I wasn't bilingual. You know, basically doing the job of two, of two people. Um, and, you know, working with the community. I love working um, with the Latino population, um, you know, and providing services and speaking their language. So I think it's, it's really important. There is a need for professionals who have careers um, and certification in bilingual um, licenses with their careers uh, to assist everyone in here who's coming in, especially with immigration now increasing here in this area. Yes, absolutely. So, yes. Yeah, so, um, before you became a social worker, Ms. Pagan, was there someone to inspire or guide you um, or a moment in time that made you want to become a social worker? Uh, can you tell me more about that? Um, yes. Initially, um, when I was in high school, I wanted to be actually a math teacher. Um, and then that changed pretty quickly. <laughs> um, so I, I was really close to the school social worker at my high school. and. I used to always go to her office and talk to her and see, you know, like be part of her groups and so on. And I used to love what she used to do. So then I was like, okay, I want to do your job. I want to be with teens and I want to speak to um, to the kids and just do what you do. And that's why I decided to um, go to school for, for school social work. So I have a bachelor's in social work and then I got my master's in social work. Yeah, so I think the important part of what you're letting us know for everyone to understand is, is the fact that we could be really good at something um, when we're in our younger years or in, our, in the beginning of our careers or have an idea of, of thinking that we're going to do something and then it changes. Uh, something either inspires us or we change and we're looking into other interests and that happened to me also. I guess I started in mathematics too. Oh, and, interesting. <laughs> uh, and then I just kind of lounged around into different careers and finally I realized that having worked with uh, students for many years I became a school counselor. So I get where you're coming from and I think it's important for everyone to understand that just because we're in our positions now doesn't mean that we knew exactly what we wanted into until something happened to make us look into a different direction. Yes. So following uh, with, up with that question, um, working in the school now and having been a student, do you see some instances where you say to yourself, oh, that happened to me, or you know, you can empathize with some of the th situations that are occurring now that are still things that happened in the past. Can you tell me more about something like that? Um, yes, absolutely. Um, especially now with, um, you know, all the students coming in, like the, the immigration um, things going up. Um, I, as a child, I, I was born here, but I lived in Puerto Rico and I did elementary school in Puerto, in Puerto Rico. And I came back to New York when I was in sixth grade. Didn't know um, English and was placed in an in a English-only class. 
so I, I can identify with a lot of the students that, that come to New York and they don't speak the language and then they place in these schools where they don't have the, the support. So, you know, I could definitely identify with that. It was really hard um, and it took me a really long time to, to like, you know, get used to the environment and the language and I remember being picked on as uh, um, in school because yeah. I didn't know how to speak, you know, proper English. <laughs> so it's it's tough. It really is. Yeah, that that's really hard. I mean, I came to this country at four years of age. How how old were you when you came? So I left when I was eight, and I came back when I was eleven. But when I left, that I was when I was eight, my primary language was always Spanish, as I always spoke Spanish at home. Mm -hmm. So I was still learning English at the time. Then I left to Puerto Rico. Sorry, go ahead. And um, then I left to Puerto Rico at eight, and over there I lost whatever um, little bit of English that I had. So I came back when I was eleven. That was tough. Yeah, because... you know, and I, and then another thing is that everybody kind of knew each other because you know it was they went to sixth grade and all the kids graduated from elementary school and went together to to junior high school and I was like the new kid on the block. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's kind of hard, and a lot of kids can kind of understand where you're coming from yeah. because. Uh, a lot of times they come from different countries and they're having not only to deal with new experiences uh, besides the language, but, but also the, the challenge of having to try to assimilate or, and make friendships here. Absolutely. And that's really hard, especially when other kids have already established their friendships and you're trying to kind of like move in and, go, and say, hey, I'm, I'm here and you know, I'm trying to figure this all out. It's really tough and, and we understand where that comes from. Yes. Um, so knowing what you know now, uh, about yourself and the experiences you had, is there anything that you would do differently? Um, if anything, how do you handle the situations that you might have confronted with in your childhood that kids can probably listen to now and that they might be going through? Uh, that's a tough question because there are some things that are kind of out of your control. Like for example, the whole thing about being placed in a class where, where you know, there is not a bilingual class. Like those are things that are kind of out of your control. But I would say that, um, I guess, not being shy, being more open. Like, I was really shy as a kid, and I always kept to myself. And now I think back, and, you know, like, there's no need for that. Like, be yourself, be outgoing, um, find someone that speaks your language, because a lot of kids here, a lot, some of the kids speak both languages and kind of connect, you know, with, with that. And, um, and try to just get the help that, you know, the, the services and the help that you need. But it's, it's tough because there are certain things that are out of your control. Yeah, and, and I think that's an important, another important thing. As students, um, kids, if, if you see the adults and they're always friendly with you, you can always ask them. They're here to assist you and make Absolutely. you feel comfortable. Our school environment is, is here to try to provide support for you whenever it is. And parents, same thing. Um, if you feel that your child is a little bit isolated or not being as happy, let us know about it. Maybe there's a program in here in the school. We have different types of programs in here that they could join and then they can become a little bit more uh, connected with friends here or with people that can become their friends so that they feel less isolated um, and less lonely considering they might have come from a different place. Yes. Um, so Ms. Pagan, is there a way in which parents can contact you for anything or can you, they just contact the school? specifically um they can contact the school um my extension is one two three zero right and um, the uh telephone number for our school is seven one eight eight two one eight one two one 
um, call that and then just use your extension, which is? 1230. Right, and you can speak to Ms. Pagan in case you need information about? Um, any resources that you may need um, for the community, um, mental health, doctors, anything, you can always um, contact me. Um, also, if there's any concerns with children, you know, with, with students needing um, any evaluations, we're also here, you know, to assist in that. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Ms. Pagan, for your time and helping us to understand who you are as a staff member and what services you provide. Thank you for listening to our podcast and keep looking out for new episodes to learn about the people who are part of our community. Take care.